0: Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Access Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller and Marjorie DeHay with Media Mavens Podcast. Super excited to have David Nurse with us, a former NBA player and coach for the Brooklyn Nets and a elite performance coach best selling author speaker oh my god david i think the list goes on and on potential avid snowboarder skier <laughs> <laughs> lover of la Good to have you on the show with us,
1: Sarah. Margie is my honor to be on, and uh, you are officially hired as my agent. After that, I don't know about snowboarding agent. <laughs> I want to get into it, but I don't know if I want to spend the it's whole okay. first day on my butt. So we are
0: a PR me, firm, so we will spin done. it however we need to to okay. escalate. So funny, Perfect. it's so funny. We start chatting about all of these things pre-podcast, then it's like, well, let's just forget the podcast and talk about <laughs> the fun stuff. But but I do want to, like, you know, for, like I do want to. Respectfully, uh, you have a book out. You, I, I, my big question is, why did you get out of the NBA to be a motivational coach and speaker?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Sometimes when I first did it, I was asking me my, myself that same question. I've been blessed to be able to work with over 150 NBA players who come to me. Trust me, coached in the NBA, and now what I realized from it is. Yeah, I love the basketball stuff, like the, the X's and O's and the development of the skills. But what I love more about it is seeing these guys be able to have actual joy in their life outside of basketball. Yes, basketball, but they have such a big platform. Some of these guys have millions and millions of followers, and yet they're lost. They don't know what their true purpose is. They think it's just a balancing ball that's going to end it someday. And just finding like how much joy I get out of seeing them find their joy for something more than basketball. Like I was like, this is what I actually love doing. And you can tell if you've ever done the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram seven where I just love a high energy, love encouraging. I love seeing people have that, like I find that gift in them. You know what I mean? Like, isn't it cool when you, when you see somebody doing what they're meant to do, like even if it's down at the local coffee bean and this thing, your, your barista has this bean. He's like, you know, this comes from Honduras and it's aged for 37 years and on the mountains. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I love that. So
2: well,
0: I think it's, I think it's, you see that spark in people and you just know they need that encouragement because you always believe in people more than they do. And you know, they just need that extra encouragement, but knowing the sports industry You got a lot of stresses. You're on the court, on the field. You're playing. You got the money, the drama, the stress. I think there's, it's about balance. And I think a lot of these guys, well, at least the new guys coming into the um, sports season, especially coming into themselves on the court, they don't have a lot of direction of how to be happy off the court. And I mean, I don't know if this is a good correlation. The drugs, the crime, all the bullshit they get into because they just, they just feel like all they know. Is how to shoot, how to be on the court. So I think having that, and is that something that being a coach, because I know you're the shooting coach for the Nets, is that something that you kind of saw in the players that, hey, in conversation of stay focused, you got this, and just did it kind of just evolve into mentoring, so to speak,
1: Yeah, sir, you could be an NBA coach. Like literally, that was perfect.
0: I think I need to own an NBA team, but it's okay. Okay, that's even better. If you own an
1: NBA team, I'll join you on that. We'll take out Mark Cuban and the Mavericks. That's exactly spot on. Like they have an empty hole inside of them that is filled by only by the results, what other people say, by the money that they make, and nobody in the history of ever has had contentment in their life based on notoriety, based on status, based on bank account. And for these guys to have that type of breakthrough and realize that basketball is just a vehicle to so much more. Basketball is a vehicle to be able to touch and reach millions and millions of people. So for me to be that guy in the background that's showing them, hey, yeah, let's be the best you can possibly be on court because that's your God-given gift and your craft. And we're going to pour into that and make sure you're totally optimized in every single way. But... Let's not just get lost in that. It's about stats and results. It's all about process, loving the process, loving what you do daily, loving the daily grind, and then being able to show that to others, being able to pour so much into yourself. So I would teach them how to, how to pour so much into their self development on the core, nutrition, sleep, total optimization. You pour so much into yourself. So then you're able to go pour so much into others,
0: but, but, and
1: that's but, where the.
2: But
0: you've got to take them off the court because you're looking at the elite performance. It's not just athletes and ball players. To me, right. it's executives. So we do a lot of executive training. It say some people are so good at what they do, but they're so incredibly unhappy and stressed. It's like you've got to kind of see through the fray to figure out: Do I love what I do, but I'm not in the right role? Because if I just, you know, Cuban always says, "Follow the follow the green, not the dream." You know, yeah. but does the green really bring you the dream if you're still so miserable grinding to make the money and you're still unhappy? So I think it's more like Marjorie and I, like, you know, being an attorney, you do a lot of executives. There's so many unhappy people who just think that's because they're good at this. They have to do it, but it's, it's really not their passion. But then some passion doesn't make you money. Right. Yeah. And yeah, let's just be honest.
1: Yeah. Okay. I want to unpack this because this is awesome. So solely following the green is not going to get you there. If you don't have the passion, you have to have the passion. And when you have purpose with your passion, if you're doing your passion for something bigger than yourself and a bank account, that's when you're on a mission. That's when you don't have a job. That's when you don't have a career. You're on a mission. A lot of these high-level execs that I work with, you guys work with, they, they don't have that fulfillment because they're basing it on, hey, this is my identity. This is what people think I am. If I'm not doing this, if I'm not the CEO of X company, like people aren't going to treat me the same way. People won't love me as much, which is a complete lie. So yes, I mean, making money is obviously something that you have to do. But I'm a firm believer it's a byproduct of when you're actually truly pouring into your passion and you can make money in your passion in any way. Like, look at the day and age we we're have
0: in. more to unpack on this <laughs> comment.
1: Yeah, let's talk about this. Look, People because
0: have, You have to, because you can't, and I can't I'm going to let Marjorie step in, because I know I cut her off, because unfortunately, I was going to rip off the band-aids. A lot of band-aids. I always, <laughs> we had this one, we're doing some big project together. And I'm always like, okay, here's the problem. Max is always like, just one. We have this huge project with tons of problems. I'm laughing. <laughs> what the hell? But like some people, and I know it sucks to say it. I know what you're saying, David. Well, just because you have the money, you have to be a CEO, CEO, status, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. A lot of times, at least in the tech and sports world where I, my clients run. Sometimes having that title, unfortunately, you have to throw down. Do you know where my title I work for to get where I want? I'm giving the clean version. She's an attorney. She could Max to talk about the dirty version.
2: But am I wrong in our industry? Well, I do think by title, a lot of people associate certain things with certain titles. And that has just what the world has become, which I think what I loved what you said earlier is these people have a platform. It's not about the title. It's not about like that title of what they are. It's who they are, because that's really what's going to bring them happiness when they're bringing joy to other people from their title or from their accomplishments. So I know in your book, Pivot and Go, you have this 29-day step to success. Maybe you can tell us like a transformation that occurred from somebody who is like mainly just a title, and then you kind of transform them into that purpose-driven mission,
1: Yeah. So I do agree with you guys. Like title means a lot. Title means a lot to be able to step into a room and command the, the attention of the room, the power of the room. But if you only find your joy in your title, if that's who you only are and that's your identity, then you won't be fulfilled.
0: Yeah. But you're an athlete getting on the, you have all this pressure to be that center, that forward, you know, Mm -hmm. that QB. You got all of that. Okay, this is going off. Okay, we're going to talk about <laughs> Let's go, right. points, but then I'm going to pivot it. on that too. Society and social media has put the pressure on us yes. to go yes. in a whole different direction. So like 29, 26, yeah. 29 steps. 29. <laughs> is it like little <laughs> steps the 29 days or can you kind of yeah. a, is it 29 so. days, 29 steps or?
1: Yes, so it is 29 days because 28 is a generally accepted term to form a habit. Now, habits are great, routines are great, but lifestyle is even better. So on day 29, you get to make the choice to make it a lifestyle. Now, through Pivot and Go, it's all about making small, minute little shifts, which is a basketball term called pivot. When you have the entire defense upon you, you can't see the floor, you can't see the hoop, anything, and you make this small turn, not a big one, big one, Big change is daunting, small turn, and it opens up your entirely new perspective. So there are little mindset tools, 29 of them, to be able to achieve, okay, now I'm living in this lifestyle where these successes, my own success, my own definition of success comes through. But the bigger piece for CEOs, high-level execs, and why I wrote this book, Breakthrough, which is my second book coming out all over the place in Barnes and Nobles and everywhere. So I got to put that plug in there. Of course, go check it out when it's out November 30th. Hey, so no. we,
0: we need our, we need our books. We need autographed books. Just <laughs> got FYI. You.
1: Got you. I got for sure. So, so that one's more powerful to these, these type of people. It is a formula. It's a tried and true formula to create breakthroughs on a daily basis. And breakthroughs are often looked at as, very abstract, very, man, there's a little happy accident that happened. I really hope that happens again. Like we don't know how to replicate the breakthroughs that we happen in our life, but there's an actual formula for it through working with these type of people through years and years of seeing what works at the highest level. The breakthrough formula is confidence Confidence, but not in the way you think it is. Confidence in the terms of self-awareness, understanding what you truly stand for outside of the results, like we've been talking about. When you know who you are, That's the basis. That's the foundation. You have to have that first. The next piece is cooperation and cooperation means putting yourself together with the right type of people, not the same type of people, the right type of people like the best leader that ever lived. Jesus, he he brought all these misfits together. They didn't make sense or fishermen tax collectors put them together for this ultimate squad. Like the '98 Bulls, if you're a basketball fan, you know Jordan's the best scorer, Pippen's the best sidekick, Kerr's the best shooter, Rodman's the best crazy man. It's about putting these misfits together, focusing on your strengths, not your weaknesses. Focusing on your strengths and where your weaknesses are. It's find the company people. you
0: keep. I always a big believer you hang out uh-huh. with trash, become trash. It's a company you keep, but. It's like this whole thing, like being in the startup space with technology and companies, we see a lot mm-hmm. of these like WeWork places or like before pre-COVID. And if you're a startup CEO and you're hanging out with other startup CEOs, you're all fighting for the same thing, but you could call this velocity where you're just with the same level of people. You're never pushed to grow out of your comfort zone. So I used to always say, this is really bad to say, but like, I always say data, up, manage up, be around people. You want to grow and inspire you inspire to be not people on your level. Not to say we shouldn't be with our friends, people we love, always be around people. I don't want to say above you, higher than you more advanced yeah. or senior because you want to have that inspiration to grow into who you want to be. So, You've got to get that velocity where you can't really stay stagnant with. You can't have a bunch of front linemen or shooters. You've got to have people who are going to push you to grow and to learn a new skill set. And that doesn't happen if you hang out with everybody on your level. Is that an asshole thing to say
1: on the no, podcast? You always
2: want mentors and people you can like learn from. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a very true thing to say. And it's a great thing to say because people get comfortable hanging around the people that will just tell them good things about them, just be yes men to them. It's a whole American Idol thing. Like, you ask your family if you're a great singer, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Even though you suck. Like, it's escape,
0: it's, a, it's a, the escape of velocity. So I always, we did a big brand thing on escape velocity. You got to escape velocity or you're never going to grow and you've got to be pushed out of bounds. But, you know, my big thing is we let's, you know, we are go in the social world and there's so much pressure and bullshit and drama, trauma of people saying you have to look like this, act like this, be like this. We all know that the big memes, what Instagram makes me look like, what I really look like, all the cartoons. And it's funny, but there's like perceptions, reality, there's truth to it. You can't be all about looking and acting a certain way because in real life, it's a letdown. That's not who you are and that's fake. And there may be so much more that makes you attractive than what you think people perceive. I mean, so like we're stuck in this velocity because society and social media has put us there. And it's just, okay, I'm, not, I'm just gonna do my two second little rant. You know where I'm going
1: with this. <laughs> I, love so I love it. I love it. So many
0: assholes, people, really nice people that we know, a lot of people that are known that were big in the digital mobile space. When COVID hit, they would just throw up a try of paragraphs on Facebook of 20 pages on their one post on regurgitating CDC and stuff. Well, you may have been an authority in your space. You're not a scientist. You're not a doctor. I'm just (laughs) like, shut the fuck up and go back. (laughs) You can't get to create drama, trauma, like you're a leader because you want to feel so important. It's not the right perception. That doesn't make you happy. When politics came with POTUS and this whole thing, again, oh, all the political ranting and raving to get everybody to act like hundreds of likes and stuff. Because somebody likes you doesn't really mean they like you. They're not your friend. They don't care. They're just trying to find drama or troll that they could vent to hide behind the screen. That mm. shaped the the velocity. Uh, are you really happy? Because there's a lot of shit people unpack on social. That is not appropriate. Do, are you really happy with what you're doing if all you're doing is bragging about all this great stuff during a really messy time in the pandemic of how great you are. You're not happy. You're hiding to think people want you to be happy. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? That just really went off in any direction.
1: No, 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 no. This is so needed. It's so true. I love this because social media is, is the thing that is killing a lot of us, like mentally killing a lot of us, but it it's a tool just like anything else. A tool can be used for positivity, for good, for truth, Or it can be used to be a detriment, like a hammer. A hammer can build a beautiful house, beautiful foundation. It can also be the most brutal murder tool that there is. So it depends on how you use it. And I totally agree. Like, we'll put only the best part about ourselves on social media when you're completely hiding something like it is. It's just a known fact. Like, and you got to understand that like social media, Instagram, they are trying to make you feel that way they're trying to give you these little dopamine hits but all those these dopamine dragaways that's going to make you keep coming back because you don't feel good enough and to your point that i really loved is it there's 84,600 seconds every day someone will spend 10 seconds thinking about us something that we're doing but normally we spend the 80 4,590 seconds thinking about what they said. And it's all this social media driven. So it's all like, it's all perspective. And the people that are the most attractive to me are the people who are so comfortable in their own skin. They don't care what other people think. And it's so genuinely that authentically themselves, where it's to the point of like, you know, I love meeting these people. And I've been blessed with a lot of. Great relationships and the people I love the most don't tell me how cool they are. Like, I search them afterwards. I'm like, holy smokes, that dude's a badass. Like, wow. And it's even cooler that he doesn't have to say on Instagram, look at me and my Ferrari and all this junk. <laughs> Oh, I totally agree.
0: Oh, no, you mean, you mean, me laying across a Ferrari, work hard, play hard, always never give up what you want to. That's some neighbor's Ferrari you wash for, a, you know, an exchange on a thing. Or it's like, they we stay with women. All this stuff. Okay. I'm, am huge on selfies. Every time, like we do some fun, I'm with my girlfriends in the posse and we're always about selfies and doing good selfies. But like you have a lot of these girls, these women who are posting, you know, risque, sexy, I've seen one or two friends that, I mean, I'm not good friends, but I just, you know, friendly in industry and you know, they're filtered because their eyes are like electric blue out of the PMS color scale. And they're, and you could tell us it's not even who they are. And I get the whole filter if you have a pimple or you just, you know, need lighting, but it's to the point where it's so beyond because they feel like they're trying to get attention. And it's just like, and then they always, I don't laugh, but it's sad, but you could get a thousand hits. None of them like you. They're not your friend. They're just there to um, like, 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 or they just want to see a pair of boobs. I don't know, whatever it is with guys. And I just feel like you got to get to your core of really (laughs) who you are, what makes you happy. And I don't want to bag on social too much because we're all on social. And I have seen a few people come out on social and some extraordinarily brave shit they've posted in their journey, not for attention, but because... They felt that was their, what's the right term? They had to come out publicly if they wanted, you know, it, whatever it was to feel like this is my coming out moment, to be honest and raw. If you don't like it, then, you know, don't be my friend. I have a really dear friend who uh, went through very well-known gentlemen in the tech space, very high up. As a Chief Justice Officer, who came out as a woman, but the fact that she used social media and the power of it to help inspire others, don't be afraid to be who you are, I do think there is a lot of good that comes out of social that is true. happiness inspire, motivate others. So I don't want to be completely to the right or left on the subject,
1: yeah, totally. But you're exactly right. like it's it's how you use it. It's a tool. It's one of the it's the most powerful tool in our society today. And it's just, it's just how you use it. And you get to make that decision. That's the beautiful thing too. Like we have that superhero power of choice. It is choice. Like we choose how we use it. We choose how we bring it in or how we regurgitate it. And it all leads like what you're talking about all leads to the third point of the breakthrough formula. Cause you have your self-awareness, you have your team around you and you're trying to You know, you're trying to velocity. I love that term to to be up, to grow to where you want to go. And people are probably thinking of like, yeah, well, how do I get there? And and actually, social media is a great way to use it, to reach out to people, to pour into others. Because the third part is service, is true, genuine service, not service of hey, when it looks good for me or when it's convenient for me, or I can go down to the local food bank and post this on Instagram, but when it is not convenient for you and you pour into others and you pour into others without expecting anything in return. And I've seen it so much in my life. Like I've been through doing this setup, like through this, I've developed great relationships with Mark Cuban, with Ed Milet, with John Gordon, so many just like people like, oh, how do you get to know them? How do they become your friends? And Basically, it all comes down to serving them. Like, how can I help them? It's such a... Like, it just takes so much pressure off you, too. Like, you don't have to feel like it's about you. You don't have to feel like this world depends on you because it doesn't. Like, we all we all think we matter a ton to everybody else. People don't care. Even if you're super famous, people really don't care. It's so my auto, autobiography. Nobody sucks.
0: really gives a shit. But I also think it's, it's... I always used to say, like, you never... And this is a big issue, I think... Marjorie and I deal with a lot because we have a lot of mutual projects and clients in the tech space. You never run your business, make a decision based on ego, and that's where I think people feel they've got to have an ego to match a Scott O'Neill at the Sixers, a Mark Cuban at the Matt. Nah, you know what? These guys are ballers. They've worked hard, sweat, tears. They're they're self made men. It's respectful, confidence, and ego is not the same thing. But P- I've hmm. seen people boost up their ego. Somebody they're not because they pull. That's what it's going to make somebody like that like them, and I've seen these guys level people just because they act like, "Oh, I'm all this," and I like have literally been standing next to market CS or Scott or somebody when they're like, "We don't give a shit who you are." They see right through it. You know, yeah. they like people that are just authenticity. The key is authenticity.
1: It's literally the key. The thing that that nobody can take from you is your authenticity and your integrity. Like you can have that at all times and that shines through. And yeah, to your point on like Mark and Scott, like just knowing Mark is, he's a service man. Like he literally, he'll he'll ask, he'll message me. He'll like, he wants to serve others. So seeing this guy who's probably the best businessman uh, potentially in the United States, maybe even one in the world, like he serves. And also like you said, he's been through it. So don't expect in this fast-paced world, this instant fame, TikTok, all this kind of stuff. Don't expect it to come quick. You don't even want it to come quick. If your fame and all this and this stuff comes fast, you haven't built the foundation for it to withstand. Like you cannot envy people's success if you're not willing to go through the pain that they've gone through. And yet so many of us see like, like, oh, this guy has this, he's, he's doing this. Like, why can't I? Well, you haven't gone through it for 15 years and put in the daily grind when nobody knew your name. And so you can't just, you can't expect that.
2: Yeah, I think there's like a lot of pressure, especially on younger people. Like if you look at younger actors or younger people who become famous on Instagram, et cetera, where they can't handle the fame when you're a teenager or a kid, et cetera. And then a lot of them lead to drugs or other types of things. So in your experience, when you see these people get famous quickly, what are some like key advice points you might give it for the younger listeners out there who are maybe struggling with a quick success and don't know how, where their life is?
1: Oh, yes, totally. So that is the most important thing to build people around you that are going to be truth tellers that actually care for you. I've seen it so many times in the NBA. A guy is an 18 year old out of college. He just gets a $50 million contract, doesn't have the right people around him has so many people that just want to hang off and has new cousins come into play that you don't even know exist. You have to surround yourself with people that will tell you the truth. And that's the best leaders are the people who will, yes, support you, of course, but they also challenge you. So best leaders challenge and support. So I would say I would give advice to those people is, you know what, surround yourself with the right people. And then now you've been given this platform. Now, what are you going to use it for? Like, if you're going to have it continually be, look at you for your, I mean, great pictures that you put up that are really actually fake of you, it's probably not the right way to go. Like, I have a friend, a really good friend of mine. He was The Bachelor. Like, he was Ben Higgins' his name. Phenomenal guy. And yeah. he doesn't want that type of he thing. He, he just, out of complete obscurity, he was in Colorado doing, like, tech work. And he just became The Bachelor, became the most famous person in the world for a while. Like, he is the heartthrob like, guy. I
0: saw his... I saw that uh, parts of that. I always get parts of the seasons, never the full seasons. Didn't he go to the very end, but then he broke up with the girl?
1: I don't even remember. I didn't even watch it when he was on it. That's, that's so... But I, I should have, probably, as being a friend of Ben's. Is, but there's, but. A few,
0: there's a few of those guys, to your point, who were on the platforms. They used it, but it, it just... You could tell... It was so, so much bullshit for them. But there were the good guys, the really good guys end up billing out the show or the series early because there were good guys where everybody left was just all about the fame and bullshit, you know, so.
1: Yeah. And so Ben, to Ben's credit, he's realized and he struggled with this. Like he doesn't want the fame. He doesn't want everybody coming up to him and saying, hey, you're the bachelor. He doesn't want that. But like I've had conversations with him. It's like, man, you've been given this platform like you have millions of people watching your every move use it for something and he is he's he has this generous coffee where he's like helping all these locally coffees throughout the world he's doing it all for free and it's he's doing a lot of really good things for other humanitarian people humanitarian work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: we want him on the podcast if he's okay. doing humanitarian work
1: all right i will make it's that so connection
0: funny because when i created the podcast like during covid a year ago we just hit our one-year anniversary on the podcast, which is crazy how much it's blown. And I was at a Dodgers game, Hello Kitty Night, with Marjorie, of all places, at a Dodgers game, like on our you know, podcast anniversary. And the whole thing about the podcast was not just you know leaders, C-level sports, entertainment, tech, but just those that are just doing good in the world. And it's funny because not that nobody, I mean, everybody's been tremendous guests. We love all our guests, but it's so hard to find those like diamonds who are truly, truly doing good in the world because in their heart is what makes them happy. Not because they have money. So I'm going to do this for aesthetics, but truly, like we had this, you know, Mike you know, Mike mm-hmm. and I'm good planet. Everything's all about sustainability, right? Mm-hmm. Sustainability, doing good, making longevity. Like there's some people who are truly, their career is doing good. And it's like everybody's tremendous, but we need more of those people as well on the podcast to share their inspiration, motivation to inspire others. Because we get a lot of executives, badass sports guys, I mean, we got some badass guests, but like it's like there's only been few who are literally transformed to giving back and doing good and making that their whole like passion and company around doing good.
1: Well, Sarah I hope I'm one of those people for you that should look back and think that. But,
0: but 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 I think I derailed you a little bit. The Matt <laughs> Marjorie's point on our conversation. But, Are there twenty nine brief points you could give us or five or ten? Here is the four or five bullet points that you should always do on a daily basis to be a better person.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the pivot and go with the 29 days, those are different mindset tools that you use. And I can go through some of those tools. Like one of the tools is mental dictatorship. And I do this every morning. So I build it into my days. All these things can be built into your day. I take an ice cold shower every single morning when I wake up, not because I like it, but because it sucks. And I know there's health benefits to it and everything, but for three minutes, so that first, well, that first 17 seconds is brutal. I hate it. But after that I'm okay. And I figured out this tool through working with NBA players and going all these places with doing workouts and whenever they didn't wanna do it, I'd hit a stopwatch and see how long it took them for their mind to take over from their body. So having that power of mental dictatorship can go a long ways for you. Another one is voting for yourself. So every morning, like when I decided I was gonna become an author, instead of just known as David Nurse, the NBA coach, I wrote down on paper every morning, I vote for myself to be a best-selling author. I vote for every single day. So I lived in that. So you live in what you want to become. I even took it a step further where I cut out a picture of the New York Times and put my name at number one. Now, we haven't hit that yet, but I think breakthrough is the one that's going to be it. That's going to be the breakthrough. And I put it on my fridge. And I saw it every single day. I saw it right there. So it's, it's living in who you know you can become because we are the stories we tell ourselves. Think about it. 50,000 self-talk thoughts per day. That's the average all these studies have done. 80% of those are negative. 40,000 self-talk negative thoughts going through your mind every single day. You don't have to have that. You can flip it the opposite way. So there's a lot of those type of tools, but the main, the main thing I want to talk about is that what you were talking about too, right there that you hit on the end is how these people actually find their joy through their purpose. And that's how we're talking about Ben and these humanitarians and the purpose, their purpose is something that's transformational. That's attractive. That's when like, you know, you're doing something. And the final step of the breakthrough formula is that is that in searching for that, it's not, it's not going to come easy. And you don't always just, you can't just burn the ships and go all in. So when you're saying, Hey, like, yeah, you're going to have to go through some suck to make money. If you don't like, if you don't want to be doing that long-term, you hide the ships, you can hide the ships, pretend like they're not there and start little piece by piece by piece, 1% daily steps pouring in to what you want to do for your passion, for your purpose. And then over time, you know, the compounding effect is the most powerful effect. It's like the eighth wonder of the world, really. And this search for your purpose is what I call the search for eminence. Eminence, meaning greatness in a way that defined God. He was eminence. And being able to like searching for this, it has the effect of changing lives, changing your life, but changing so many people. And these these people that these humanitarians you're talking about they are on this constant search for eminence and they achieve their eminence. So I think at the core like that's what purpose means. That's what purpose means, but purpose doesn't just happen. So if people are looking for like oh I just can't find my purpose, it's probably not just going to come to you. Like you got to go out there and you got to seek it, you got to search it, you got to you got to try things. I guess one of my biggest pet peeves too is people just try to do it once or they do this formula once or they do one of these steps in the 29 days and they're like, oh, it's you know, just did it once. Like if you brushed your teeth one day, like what's going to happen? They're going to rot over time. Like you do them on a daily basis. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I really like what you say about finding the purpose, because Oprah has that saying, you know, it's a beautiful day when you realize it's a wee world. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're all searching for purpose and it is a struggle. So what what do you recommend like for that person who's saying, you know, I do want to find my purpose? What, what do I do? What do I do tomorrow to really find my purpose?
1: Yeah, I'll give you two things. So first off, take note of what juices you up in the morning. Like, think about this. Like when you wake up in the morning, what are you excited about? That's when your best thoughts come, when your mind is fresh. And when you think about like, oh man, this really excites me. That's going to be a lead magnet for what your purpose can be. Now, it might not be exactly that, but you have to go try it. So if you have something like, okay, man, I love the NBA. Like I love watching, like if I think about coaching in the NBA, that juices me up. Okay. All right. Let's go try, like, see how you can get in. Now it's not going to be easy to get in, but trying to get in, let's say you try, like I hand wrote a letter to every NBA GM when I wanted to get in the league. One guy got back to me, was the GM of the, of the Clippers at the time, Gary Sachs. And we had a conversation. Basically it was like, Hey, you know, like if you're ever out here in LA, I, I was in Kansas city at the time. Look me up. We'll grab coffee. Pretty much. Good luck with the rest of your life. But I booked a ticket that next day that I would be out in LA the following week, used all my money, stole some of my parents' money to have that meeting. And from there, everything in the MBA, all my connections stemmed from there. He ended up living with Gary when I moved out to LA. He was in my weddings, one of my closest friends. So what I'm saying is, okay, that juiced me up, but like, it's not just gonna come. You gotta do something. And even if that didn't work, doesn't work for you, it could be something else. That's where you're going along this path and you make these pivots. No, there's never going to be that straight line to where your purpose is, to where success is. It's going to curve. It's going to change. You might take a step back, but you're constantly progressing upwards. And the biggest thing that I can tell people is just go, try it, ready, fire, aim. And I like to bring it back to the philosophical days that uh, make me sound smart, just like the Socrates, the Aristotle, the Plato, because all that stoicism stuff, is it's hot right now. People love that. But but they they missed out on something those three guys the pre-socratic era there was a term called technē and technē literally is translated the art of doing but they preached on episteme episteme means the art of knowledge and that's great we we need to know we need to know things but without the doing it doesn't matter like we take in all these podcasts, we take in all these books. You see these people, the same people going to self-help gurus, but yet they don't do anything. So I think that like the biggest thing you need to do is just start living in that technique. Try it and you will learn if it's for you or not, but it will lead to what is actually your true destiny.
0: Well, I think it's also, we talk so much about, yeah, no, no, I don't need to meet with them I'm too busy. Don't worry about it. You just never know. Cause I'm always like a believer. If you go to any event, as much as it sucks, you don't want to go. You just got to drag your ass there. It just takes one person to pivot and change something. It's so funny. Your comic is when I'm a Clippers girl, I'm never Lakers girl. always a Clippers girl and everything. Um, so that's one thing I missed through COVID the most is being, down at the Clippers. But it's funny because I was traveling, I was down on the island of Roatown. We talked about previous to our podcast and I got a LinkedIn from Scott O'Neill. Yeah, I know we just retired from Peru, but you know, the um, Sixers and HB. And he's like, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn. We had a sports guys in common. I'm in LA, do you wanna grab coffee? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. What am I gonna do wasting your time? I Make mean, shit, you're the fucking CEO Sixers. What the fuck? Why are you reaching out to me? Because like, if well, you're CEO, PR, whatever, you have a lot in common. This is a networking thing, right? Because we had some people in common. I wasn't going to deal with it. I didn't have time. No, it's not going to go anywhere. I don't want to waste his time. I got back, literally met him at the spur of the moment. Like, you know what? I get back at midnight, get up at 7 a.m., meet this guy for coffee. And I don't know why I wasn't. Just in my head, I was like, I'm coming back from a trip four hours prior, you know, jungle hair. I'm not going to dress up. It's still summer. And I don't want to waste his time, whatever. But meeting him was like the best thing. He's an amazing guy. He's like, I know that you're like, you know, Cuban's amazing. I know Mark, he is amazing, but Scott, I know. Talk about giving back, serving others, doing what's right. He just did his book, you know, where your feet are. And like we chatted about everything authentic of who we were and a situation we both had in common nothing about business and titles or anything. And I'm actually good friends with him to this day. And I see him when he's in LA and stuff, but it's weird because not random. He's got O'Neill's not random, but people that I've met just randomly never thought, okay, just, just go, just do it, make it quick. Those are the most important people I've met of influence and motivation and inspiration that I've met. And it's amazing to me that we always say, just go, but we make so many excuses to not, do a small pivot because it's small. It won't make a difference, but the small things actually build and make the biggest impact. You just don't see it up front, but you got to believe that. I always believe that things happen for a reason. And some of these small things through my career and people in my life, I realized good, better, and different. It was worth making that small extra little step in that direction. If it doesn't make me happy, but it makes you happy. Somebody walks away better when they left than when they first met you. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah sir that that's beautiful that is the essence of true service like it's pouring into these people that like that's, and that's how I met Mark Cuban. I didn't know he was Mark Cuban when I met him, but I gave him shooting lessons before the game, before Brooklyn Nets Mavs game. And I didn't know who he was at the time. Shark Tank wasn't huge. And like, he he loved it because he loves basketball. So I was helping him with something he was passionate about. And I got his business card, didn't like pulled it out before the game, didn't even look at it. And it was Mark Cuban. So then I've been able to stay in touch with Mark Cuban, ask him for any business advice. But the whole point is to what you're saying is if you are looking at every interaction with somebody as they matter, they mean something. Not everybody's going to be a Scott O'Neill or Mark Cuban. And that's okay. But somebody might be. Everybody is valuable. And the coolest thing is when somebody that is present in the moment and fully engaged with you, like you're saying, like Scott is like those type of people. And they're not looking around you when you walk into a meeting, like, oh, like who's in the room? But they're just fully, fully engaged in you. That
0: is so LA.
1: So LA. I hate it. You're in
0: LA. You're in LA.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm allowed Mm -hmm. to say this, and we're in LA. How many times, okay, let's just be honest. Like, how many times, okay, take COVID away. The year before COVID, what year are we in? I don't even know anymore. 2019. (laughs) How many meetings, how many times did you go into a meeting, go into an event, to a bar? You're talking to somebody, and they're like, Looking over, looking around, looking around, and dude, like if if you're trying to find something, go find what you're looking for. Do not sit there and waste my time and disrespect my time. You're looking for something better. Like if I'm with you and you're constantly on, and I've dated some guys, put I don't want a relationship with your fucking. Uh. Okay, edit that out podcast. I don't want to ship with your cell phone. You're constantly on your cell phone. You're constantly texting. You're either with me, and even if it's only. 10% 10% of your time, be a hundred percent present in that 10%. Oh my God. You have no idea how many people I've tried to have a conversation and I have no idea who's looking over my shoulder. Like if I do it because we're at an event, Margie's going to be like, snap out of it. You know, cause we're always like, you know, you're with your friends. You're always like wingman, right? Yeah. How many times? Okay. And this is just because we've been part of the Emmy Academy and Margie's been bigger than the entertainment space how many times like six pre-covid were you at an event trying to have a potential client conversation or network because they wanted your help but they're asking you and they're constantly looking around or over your head
2: yeah like who can help you more and the, the i have this funny story which i always think is kind of funny Is a friend of mine wanted to meet rob zombie and then wait you know, we were, Rob zombie he's a big guy in horror oh
1: like, yeah yeah a
2: okay. zombie so bigger, um, yeah so and you know, and I mentioned it to a friend, and he's like, Oh my God, my friend knows him. My friend who who does closets is best friends with him. And I will tell you, probably like nobody would have made that connection. And then probably nobody really like was like, oh, okay, well, this person who builds these beautiful closets is best friend with Rob Zombie. And this guy probably could have gone around saying, saying, you know, I build closets, I do these beautiful things, and people are like, Oh, and then you're friends with this really important guy I want to get to. And it's just that kind of that feeling where you're like, wow, just value people for the genuineness and the beauty of what they create. Wait, I want a new closet i don't get it like, i want a shoe closet so technically i would have been like
0: no no talk to me right here but it's like it's true it's like it's just like every like i've had to have so many conversations with is really shitty with mm-hmm. guys i'm like no no my eyes are right here have a cut with me now and it's just like people don't understand the art and i just from a pr standpoint the art of communication because we do a lot of executive training you have to think about what you're saying i got to figure out and spit what you're going to say. How am I going to respond? Keep control of the conversation. It takes so much work to do media training and to talk. Because sound bites. I could say something to both of you guys. You could walk away, David, thinking one thing. Marjorie could walk away thinking the other. Because you you're just, you just, you're for not present. It's like with text. I hate too much in text. And I'm the worst because I do really long text <laughs> to like my friends sometimes. So it's got a lot to get out. But like, it's taken out of context. And you can't take that back. And it's just, it's you've got to be so present. But it's like. I agree with Marjorie. There's so many people, at least in our industry, but your MBA, you probably have the same where they want to be around you. They want to act like they're friends with you so they could use you against, they're so self-serving. It's never, what can I do for you? It's like, let me talk to you. I need free legal advice. I need to I need to ask you legal advice. or I need free PR advice. But it's like, unless you're going to pay us what we're really good at, why waste our time? I mean, those are the kinds of people that just grind on your nerves every day. And I'm just always trying to figure out, like my whole weird thing, but you guys are going to laugh, is there's only three different people in my life. People are a reason, season, or a lifetime. They're there for a reason. It's usually painful. They screw you over lights, painful, but there's a reason. Or a season to get you through whatever you're going through as the seasons change till you move on. Or there's those that are just at the end of the day they're a lifetime, no matter how much time goes between you. Like, so if I can't put you in a reason season or lifetime, I try to avoid the reason bucket as much as I can. But I just think you got to be more alert because we think we have a good radar. But sometimes if we're not super on key or we're not trusting our gut instinct, we make reasons to justify it. And then it just never ends well with people.
1: Oh, Yeah. I uh, completely agree on all of the above for sure. And isn't it like, but then you look at it too, like it's, it's also for everybody listening out there, it's a separator. Like it's actually easy. If you just think, Hey, everybody else is doing it this way and it sucks. And they're using people. Why don't I be the person who is intentional with my time present in the moment, doesn't care who's in the room, like God's going to lead us to the right connections that we need to be with anyways. But literally, if you want to separate yourself from everybody else, just be different, do different. And that different is actually being genuine.
2: And I think that's so important. I know a friend of mine, I'm in business school, always said like, when you leave a meeting before you leave or any interaction, be like, hey, you know, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And he does this all the time. He's such a fantastic person. And I feel like once you genuinely say that after meeting somebody, and then you genuinely follow through, it just opens so many doors. Do you believe it? A lot of people say, what can I
0: do for you? Because you know, they need something from you. So they want to make it seem like they want to help you when they really can't. I mean, is that is it genuinely you have yeah. to do
2: it like i how can i yeah. help you and then genuinely follow through
0: that that's a good point okay so we're running out of time here but real quickly i got a point you have two books coming out or you know your two books are out right Which
1: one book one book is out Pivot and Go is out breakthrough is coming out it's november 30th. 30th
0: on amazon bookstores everywhere
1: all of that so there's another
0: book tour mm-hmm. coming do you have a book tour
1: Got a book tour coming. Yeah, Barnes uh, and
0: Noble at the Grove in LA, which I love. That's where I'm
1: going. November 30th, Barnes and Noble at the Grove. Yes.
2: Oh,
0: we Wait. So you guys. we're to come. come. We're going to be yeah. in line with our little books. Please sign autographs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, it's, it's going to be it's going to be you two, my wife, and my puppy. But if I get oh, no those so three there, that's you, all. I'm are about. you?
0: Are you? Are you? It's so funny. Are you buddy <laughs> pressed, or is it just you're going to be there to answer questions and sign books?
1: Oh, I'm inviting press. If press wants to come, they're more than welcome. Right. So to come. so this
0: is a whole different conversation offline for you and I to have. But like we we will come by on November. I'm gonna be in New York. 30th. I'll come. She'll by. she'll go and represent. But okay, so no, talking of November, not October. No November. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of us, one of us, we will be there for you. But it's So it's really interesting when we talked about just to wrap up our podcast, like Passion, you do things for a purpose, books. So our next podcast, guys, I'm super excited. This is a great segue into Mick. So on Meeting Mavis podcast, we created Global News Watch. And our guy is CIA, military security defense. And you look at these guys in the SEAL teams and head up certain things, and they are Going through that, putting their lives on the line, saving others for a purpose, and I always say, people say, "Well, why are you in the military? Why do you do this? Why do you do that?" And I'm always like, "Well, it's not, it's not because they want to be the military. It's so others can live." I always tell Mick when he does all this press, don't because we we deal with him on our podcast every month, and he's coming on a few minutes. I'm always like, pivot when we talk about on the press on some of these media interviews with Afghan that he's done when people ask that question. Just say it's I do what I do so others can live. And I love that that's what these guys are doing. But there is a book, besides how amazing you are, because we're gonna get your books. There's a book by Mark Mariopoulos, It's Clarity in Crisis, it's leadership lessons from the CIA, how to lead, how to make smart, calm, pivot decisions the better your situation. I'm going to send you this book because I think you would appreciate it given what you're doing right now with everything else you have going on.
1: You guys rock. I feel like you guys are my good friends that I just met. So I love this. And I'm glad I don't have to follow, I don't have to follow the CIA's and like saving people's lives. So thanks for having me on before that. And our our
2: listeners, can you give us like three little quick bullet points of things we can do like tomorrow when we get up to pivot our lives?
1: Oh, okay. Here you go. This is perfect. This is perfect segue. So you have your hands on you at all times. This is a tool you have on you at at all times. So when you wake up in the morning, you're going to walk by a mirror. That mirror, if you go to the shower, brush your teeth, hopefully that mirror is the mirror of self doubt. It's foggy. We wake up with doubting ourselves, imposter syndrome. So literally the action I do every morning, you stand at a mirror and you wipe it clean. You wipe it clean. You're telling yourself self-conscious that you can live in the self-awareness of who you are. So that is the first step that you do with your hands. All right. So now when you open a door, this goes right along, we're talking about serving when you walk into a room. When you open a door, you look at your hands and you say serve. Literally try this. When you walk into a door, say serve. When you open up a computer, Zoom, say serve. It takes you out of the mindset that it's about you and it's about who you can serve in that room. Takes a lot of pressure off you too. All right. And the last one is these hands, you just look at these hands and you see the calluses, you see the grooves. Everybody's hands are different with all those little lines in them, just like a snowflake. Like you have a God-given gift and ability. The the, the greatest tragedy you can do is you keep it inside of you. Like that slapping God in the face. Be like, Hey, you gave me this great gift, but you know what? Mm, I'm scared what other people think. I'm not going to do it. So look at those hands, realize you're uniquely you and all those calluses you've been through so much in your life. Everybody has been through a difficult situation and every difficult situation you've been through, you have gotten through, you're going to get through the next one. So those are the three things to do with your hands. No excuses. You have your hands on you at all times.
0: Can we add a fourth of I need a manicure?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. yes. Just
0: you just, just why I've thrown out there. Oh, my God. I so loved having you on the podcast. Thanks. You have to come back again. We Love need to come back on to chat more. This is amazing. But, you know, until then, David, thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck with the book. We're excited to have you back on the show again. For anybody who needs to reach out to you. Is there a URL? Where can they go?
1: Yeah, at davidnurse.com and social media, David Nurse NBA. Pretty accessible on that. But uh, I would love to come back on and I've got some connections for you guys. So we can talk offline on that. I'm are right,
0: excited to talk to you again. Until then, this is Sarah Miller, Marjorie DeHaye with Media Mavens Podcast. We'll see everybody when we drop again next Wednesday. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com.